0: Hi, and welcome to Focus Fridays, a special podcast series where we share the stories of former missionaries who are making a difference in the world of work. I'm Jane, the Founder and Creative Director of The Sunday Monday, a website and community designed to help you be bold in your faith, work, and life. And I'm Ellie Schmidt, a former five-year on-campus missionary and currently the Senior Manager of Career
1: Services for Focus. On this podcast, we're talking to men and women who have made the jump from mission focused work to mission-driven work in both the for-profit and nonprofit spaces.
0: Whether you're currently a missionary, thinking about joining a missionary organization, or just planning your next move, this series is for you. So sit back, relax, and get ready
1: for some pearls of wisdom from some of the most holy and hardworking people we know.
0: Let's get down to business. Uh, Ellie, I am really excited about our guest today. Are you excited?
1: Oh my gosh, Jane, so thrilled. Couldn't be more excited.
0: Can you give us a little uh, introduction to who we are speaking with this morning?
1: Absolutely. So today we're speaking with my forever roommate, my husband, Greg Schmidt. And Greg has uh, had a great deal of time working for the church, um, starting from humble beginnings uh, to now being the director of development for the Capuchin Franciscans. And so today, uh, Greg's here with us uh, and very excited to be here as well. Isn't that right?
2: Absolutely. We can always rely on my wife for just the best introduction. She knows me better than anyone else.
0: I love it. Well, Greg, you're a guest, So thanks for being here.
2: It's great to be with you guys.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about your first job?
2: Oh, my first job, it was uh, at Taco John's when I was a sophomore in high school. So, Taco John's is every Midwestern, Midwesterner knows about Taco John's. They have the best potato Olays. And I was there for a very long time, uh, three weeks. And then I got the call to the big leagues to work at Avoca Superfoods. And that was where all the cool kids worked. And so I was super pumped when I got that offer. And I left Taco John's three weeks in.
0: Wow, that's a jump. Okay. So you started at Taco John's and you made some big moves. Um, Obviously you found yourself like moving into mission work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What, what that yes looked like for you? I know you spent some time with focus. Could you share just a little bit about um, what drew you to this mission?
2: Yep. From making tacos to making disciples. Yes. I, I, I joined focus when I was I was a sophomore at the University of South Dakota, and there was a missionary from Colorado that crossed my path, and I met him on campus when he was uh, on a uh, skateboard and smoking a pack of Camel Lights, and I just thought this guy is is so cool, and he was Catholic, and he ended up leading his name is Tommy, ended up leading a Bible study in my fraternity, and it forever changed my life and altered my, the vision for my life, really. And so I ended up joining Focus after I graduated and served for two years at the U.S. Naval Academy as a missionary, and then a year down at Georgia Southern. And so after my three years on campus with Focus, I worked in a variety of leadership roles, uh, including fundraising for their national organization.
1: Uh, So, Greg, tell us about your transition from mission work to the secular world. What led to that decision and how did you go about exploring what could be next?
2: Well, I still work for the Catholic Church. Uh, I I had a major transition in my life about uh, a year and a half ago, uh, right before the pandemic, when I, I left just one of the best, most dynamic organizations in the world that's FOCUS, uh, to work for the Capuchin Franciscan Friars out here in California and in, in their Western America province. And so I had been raising money for Focus for about three years and uh, had been with Focus for eight years. And I got to marry, of course, the love of my life who just asked me that question. And uh, she had a, a strong desire to, to head out to California where she had lived for three years. She's, she's from Nebraska, but has a California heart. And I quickly fell in love with, with that California heart and California as well. And uh, so I was presented with this job opportunity about a year and a half ago, as I mentioned, and it was just too good to be true. And so I joined with the Capuchin Franciscans and it's, it's just been a, a great job ever since.
1: Some might have said that the desire to move to California was too strong, <laughs> but the Lord can't be outdone in his generosity, as we know.
2: I can't complain as I look out over the ocean this morning. That's right. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, it worked out just, just fine. And I mean, what a cool career to start with focus, which obviously had such a profound impact on you. And then you get to serve with focus. And then that continues to open doors. And I think that's something that I've seen consistently, whenever I talk to people who say yes to that call and say yes to mission is that God is always opening the next door. And so you had this desire to move to California. You get this dream job offer. You're living in gorgeous Santa Barbara, where I have left part of my heart. And I just think that seeing your faith through that journey is so inspiring because you knew God was going to provide the next step.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we have been, you know, Ellie and I have been talking how much we're spoiled by our Lord. And uh, I i was one of those people, especially during my early years of being involved in my faith, that thought that being Catholic required just a, a lot of pain and suffering and, and hardship, right? Like you read some of the stories of the saints and and uh, they had they pretty difficult crosses, but for some reason, ever since I I married Ellie, we've just been blessed abundantly. And so it's just been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life.
0: Oh, you're too kind. I think it was the best decision you've ever made personally. <laughs> and yes, everyone who knows Ellie or has listened to the podcast, Ellie was on one of the earlier episodes of the Sunday, Monday show. And I get talked about to all the time about the hot tub girl, the girl who asked God for a hot tub and got her hot tub. So yes, we can, we all know that God loves Ellie. He loves us all, but he really, really, really loves Ellie.
1: (laughs) I I feel eternally blessed uh, that um, I think that lens of faith was definitely through Father Scott trainer, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about Greg, but I think (laughs) um, in that experience where Greg had that transition from focus into a new line of work, uh, for the church, um, it came very unexpected and the Lord really placed it in his lap. Greg had actually been reached out to by a friend who, um, thought Greg would be a great fit for it. And Greg had actually deleted the email. So <laughs> he was like, I love focus. I, I don't want to quit working for them. And so he deleted it. And finally, I'm so grateful for this friend of Greg's. He emailed and was like, you need to apply for this job. So Greg ended up doing that. And it really um, seemed to fall into place from there, but it wasn't something that was really sought after. Would you say?
2: Yeah. I I remember he actually called me and he's like, Hey, did you, did you see that job that I passed on to you about a month ago? And I said, yeah, I actually just deleted it. Trash. I deleted it last week, but I'll take a look at it again. And I'm very grateful that I did because uh, the, the Capuchin Friars are just, they have a, an amazing vocation and, and service to the, the poor, the minority, and uh, to the suffering, really, and uh, I, I've been really blessed working with the 42 Friars that exist in this province.
1: And it's actually been kind of crazy. Greg's spiritual director at the time, uh, Father Lager, as many focus people will uh, know, and uh, they love him. This is actually his uh, province, so um, we were really excited to know that um, the priest at our wedding was also going to be the priest that Greg ended up working for, which is really exciting.
0: It's so beautiful. Everything is so connected. I, I absolutely love that. So you talked a little bit about what you're doing for work now. What parts of your job on mission for Focus do you still lean on today?
2: The biggest part that I lean on has been uh, my prayer life. I, I think every Focus missionary will, will tell you that uh, they're, if they have any sort of habit of prayer right now, post-Focus, it's because of their time with Focus. And uh, that's the, the same is, is very much true with me. Uh, Focus and the people of, of Focus, you know, the, the missionaries and team directors and regional directors and all their leadership uh, really taught me how to pray and uh, how to really form that, that virtue, that, that habit to pray every day, uh, especially when someone's not telling you to do it or it's not your job anymore to pray. It's easy to do it when you're a missionary on campus, but I'm grateful that that habit has transferred over to, to my job outside of focus. You know, it's easy to pray when there's a, a team of four. Young dynamic missionaries that are there with you, and even you know, 20 students that are there at a, at a holy hour with you every day. And it gets a little bit harder when you're on your own, you know, outside of focus,
1: not totally on your own, right? <laughs> Absolutely,
2: I have my wife that's with me on the couch, too. Praying,
1: try not to speak at Instagram too much. So, um, Greg. <laughs> Uh, tell me about what um, what do you do on your day-to-day with the Capuchins as the Director of Development? A lot of people may have heard of development in the Catholic world, but might not have an insider's view of what that looks like, um, or how much fun it could be, because every time Greg's away, I think he might be having more fun away than he's when he's here.
2: Never, never. Whenever I'm away, I, I want to be back home, but... Uh, you know, it, it's been, it's been an interesting year. I, I joined the Capuchins two months before the, the pandemic hit. And so there's, you know, there had to have been some, some shifting parts to my role. Uh, but in general, the things that I shoot for are to do 15 to 20 visits a month, that's face to face visits where uh, I will be connecting with people and most often soliciting them for support for what I think is a very worthy cause of what we're doing with the Friars. But when I'm not on the road, either in the Bay Area or down in Pasadena, I'll be back home working on our, our direct mail and our planned giving society and uh, our donor acknowledgement process. So I, I have a, a great little home office that's uh, you know just a, a tiny little thing in our 700-square-foot house in Santa Barbara that's probably – Could sell for almost a million dollars but uh, I I hold up there and get those kind of managerial tasks done when I'm not on the road.
1: And what is it like in a meeting for development?
2: Yeah I I mean when it comes to the meetings the the goal is to share the mission and vision of of the Capuchin Friars and to just see if that resonates with with a benefactor. You know, uh, oftentimes when people think of development officers, they think that they're salesmen. And that's not actually the case. Uh, we're there to present our organization, which we firmly believe in is very worthy of support. And then we're there to understand and learn about the benefactor and whether, what are their philanthropic priorities and to see if we line up with that. And if we do, great. And if not, they're still supporting a ton of great organizations in the Catholic Church. And so uh, it's always a a win win for me when I leave because I know that they're going to be very generous to other organizations in the Catholic Church, even if it's not mine. Um, But most of the time, it is mine.
0: That's awesome. And again, you can see the direct correlation between the time you spent fundraising your own salary and then developing and doing development for focus. And now you've moved into a position that requires those skills and requires that courage to go out and know you you might get a no and to really, uh, articulate the mission of an organization that you believe in. And I think that's a big thing. I know a lot of missionaries who will go into different sales organizations, right. And then they find themselves trying to sell something that they maybe don't have the same soul connection to, uh, as you do. So you're very fortunate in that aspect. Um, uh, is, there, is there any advice that you have for someone who's maybe looking to move either into some sort of development role post missionary or mission years? Uh, and what kind of advice would you tell them when they're looking for a job or trying to figure out what that step is?
2: Well, first I would say is that they absolutely can do it. I think that if they fundraise their entire salary when they're 23, 24 years old, and they go out on the college campus and they sell Jesus Christ to college students, they can pretty much do anything. And uh, so they, first off, they can, they can totally do it. Uh, as far as advice goes, uh, you know, I, I would first say to, to go talk to uh, my wife, who is the senior manager of career services with Focus, and she can really help them articulate what they did on campus and what they did as far as fundraising their salary to nail it in the interview. I think that that's really essential to come prepared to an interview. Uh, and, and second, um, I, I would also learn about the organization that they're looking to apply for or the, I guess, even the sales field that they're looking to go into and showcase in their interview and in their interactions with that future employer that they know everything there is uh, to know about that product or about that organization and that they're really passionate about it uh, because that's what's really gonna make the employer wanna hire them.
1: And would you say the same advice Steve Preece gave in his uh, toast at our wedding? A no is just a slow yes.
2: Absolutely. A no. I would
0: not, I would not perpetrate that (laughs) advice. I respect Steve Priest a lot, but I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes a no is a no, but um, but sometimes it's not.
2: Sometimes a no, I, I would I would adjust that too. Sometimes a no is just a not now, you know, because there are plenty of people who I've met with speaking in the realms of development. Uh, who have said, you know, we're, we're just not interested at this point, you know, in supporting Focus or the Capuchins. Uh, and, and that's okay, like, it's just not a priority right now. But if I build a relationship with them, and I really find out the other things that they're passionate about, and, and kind of bring Focus or the Capuchins into that, sometimes it leads to a, a gift down the road.
1: What's working for you right now? Uh, one thing either in your faith, work, life that you're loving besides me, um, what would that be?
2: <laughs> yes, besides my marriage, uh, the thing that I am, am loving and that it's just really working for me right now is my home gym. Uh, so my, my wife, she actually kind of renovated and built a, a garage gym for us um, down in our, our carport
1: I'm a DIYer.
2: Yes, she is. And and I've just been loving going down there. We we just added some weights and some more mats. You know, during the pandemic, our, our garage gym gradually grew from having a, a yoga mat and a couple of weights to now we have horse mats down there and some kettlebells and TRX straps. And and so I, I really love working out down there. And uh, I found that it gives me a, a lot of energy to do the stuff that I need to do during the workday. As well, so I've been just loving that right now,
1: man. If you could have seen the lengths that I went to get the weights for this, gym. <laughs> Costco, man, wild. Uh, had to recruit some young guy to carry it or put it in my car, then carry it to my car. Then I get home and I'm
0: like,
1: surprise! <laughs> Look what I found for the gym. It's like, where do
0: you get this Costco? Where you get it?
1: Every-
0: <laughs> um, it's really hard to get weights right now. I. I, on Amazon like they're all sold out and I have seen your home gym because I am also friends with your neighbors um the Smiths and Skylar shared a picture of it it looks awesome well done thanks Jane
2: yes our our little Catholic compound a <laughs> gym a monthly gym membership requirement yes
0: well, you know, what's so funny is I was talking seriously with a couple of my friends here because I have a plan to build a Catholic commune on the coast of California, actually pretty close to where you are. And we're going to have a vineyard. And then one of our friends, we need to have like a, a bourbon plant. I don't know how that works. So we're going to do that. Um, yeah, but it's going to be, wait, why did I not think of you all? We should just start <laughs> the, con- the commune. Yeah. There's already two great families. Feel a little insulted,
1: but you know who will <laughs> Skyler, it'll
2: be i <laughs> I'll text her now. So she,
0: yeah, you're all invited. Well, you've already started. So it's, I guess I'm late to the party. Um, well, thank mm-hmm. you, Greg, for being here. We so appreciate it. I think this is really going to provide a lot of encouragement and um, just hope for people who are looking to make that next step after life on mission. So we really appreciate you being here.
2: Absolutely, it was a pleasure talking with you guys. And uh, again, I, th- I think that anyone that is looking to transition, whether that's out of focus or out of any sort of career from a Catholic to uh, you know a secular job, if the Lord puts it on their heart, He's gonna be he, He's gonna provide as well, and, and He's gonna feed that desire that they have. And and so uh, yeah, anybody can anybody can do it.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Wow, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Greg. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for being our first guest. (laughs)
2: See you later.
0: Peace.